Amen. I want to welcome everyone that's here this morning. Also want to welcome everybody with us online. Thank you for tuning in this morning and being with us. It's great to be together together. Amen. We love being together. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Everybody enjoy their family gatherings with six or more people. Um, amen. Having a great time. I, I enjoyed getting together with family and just enjoying the holiday. My favorite holiday of the year has to wait another year, but it was a fantastic time together. My parents are back. Pastor Carl is back with us this morning. Um, my mom, Sister Bonnie, she's actually speaking the message she spoke here at the beginning of our homemade series. She's now speaking that at the Fullerton campus. And so she's with my wife over there today. And uh, so we want to pray for them. Lord, I pray you'd anoint my mom as she gets ready to speak in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just want to get, go through a couple quick announcements with you uh, so you know what's going on around here. This Wednesday night, we are gathering in person. Hey, Danny and Rochelle are here. What's up, guys? This is Pastor Danny and Rochelle. They pastor, they pastor right here in our city, in the city of Orange at the bridge right down the street. Great friends of ours. Good to see you, Danny. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brent and Cindy are in Pennsylvania this morning. If you're missing them a little bit, they're, they're celebrating with their families. But, but just a few things that so you know what's going on around here on Wednesday night um, our midweek service is back and Pastor Carl uh, is going to be starting a brand new series uh, I know you'll enjoy it it's going to be a great time uh, we meet on, on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. we do live stream that service as well uh, so you can join us either way next Sunday we begin, begin a brand new series here at the church uh, we're calling it, it's our Christmas series, we're entitling it Stable Faith, all right? So we're kind of a play on words there, uh, looking forward to, to, to getting into that series. Also, December 20th, mark this in your calendar, especially parents, it's going to be our kids' Christmas uh, program. They're working on it right now, um, putting together a great program for us. That's going to be happening on the 20th. That's our Christmas Sunday. Uh, that will happen only in our second service. First service uh, will have to join us for, at 10 o'clock for that. And, and one final note that I want you to kind of put in your memory banks is December the 23rd, is Christmas Eve's Eve, all right? And that's when we have our Christmas Eve service. We do it on Christmas Eve's Eve. It's the day before Christmas Eve. And the reason we do that is because we realize that a lot of Hispanic people, they don't come to church on Christmas Eve because they're eating tamales and exchanging gifts, all right? So we one-upped you. We did it a day earlier, all right? So it's Christmas Eve's Eve. We all can get together. So that falls on a Wednesday this year. It's going to be a real special night. We're putting together, uh, it's a real musical presentation. It's a great opportunity to invite maybe unbelievers or people that don't normally attend church. Great opportunity to bring them with you for Christmas Eve's Eve. So just kind of mark that in your calendar. All right, today we're going to finish up on our homemade series. It's the last in our relationship series um, um, that we've had. I hope you've enjoyed this series. You kind of heard a little bit from everyone. Uh, my mom spoke the first week. Carrie spoke. I've spoke several times. Hopefully this has been a blessing to you. This series has been a, uh, a blessing to you. But this is the last week of that. And uh, I, I trust it's going to be a fun time. Amen. So if you have your Elevate Ministries app, go ahead and open that up. Our, children's, our children are going to be dismissed. And uh, as you open up that Elevate Ministries app, I'll talk to you about how you can give. Our, 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 it's very easy to give here at, at Elevate Ministries. Uh, you can give safely and securely right there on that app. Just tap the Give button. You can give like that. Uh, if you've brought a cash gift or a, a check that you'd like to present to the Lord, you can just fill out an envelope that's underneath your seat and drop it in the giving box on your way out, those two lit boxes on your way out. Uh, if you don't, if you're, if you say, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't have the app, I don't have cash, I want to give another way, just text the letters easy, because it's easy, one, two, three, to seven, seven, nine, seven, seven, and follow the prompts, and uh, we just want to appreciate you, all of the faithful givers of our church, you guys are amazing. You're helping us reach the world and our city for Jesus. Amen. So this morning, I want you to open up the app because I want you to follow along in these notes because I want you to check yourself. We have a checklist today because I'm going to be talking about freedom from offense. Freedom from offense. Now, now here's the thing. Uh, one, one thing that we know that anything that God loves, Satan hates. And so anything that's close to the heart of God, Satan wants to attack. And one of the reasons we decided to put this home aid series right in, the, right in the middle of this pandemic is because we realize one of the things that Satan's attacking more than ever is relationships. And I think we'll see that intensify even more in the last days. And, and so what I want to do is I want to talk about offense because nothing can destroy relationships like being offended. 
Nothing can destroy relationships like a spirit of offense. Amen. And, and we've, see, we've, we've seen this, that uh, people leave churches because they're offended. People walk out on friendships because they get, get offended. They close the door on a marriage because someone got offended. Now, at the beginning of the year, COVID happened, and we were all like, what the heck? And, and, and at the, that time, a spirit of fear was just kind of unleashed across the globe. And, and so then while we, were, while we were isolated in our homes, the George Floyd incident happened, and, and, and what began to, to sweep across the globe after that was a spirit of offense. Everybody was offended. So you got everybody at home, they're scared, they're isolated, and now they're offended. Now, for readers of our Bible, if we know what God's Word says, we know that this is exactly what Jesus said would happen. And so what, today, what I want to do today is how can we overcome, I want to talk about how we can overcome and be free from a spirit of offense. Look at Matthew chapter 24. The words of Jesus, beginning with verse 5, the Bible says that many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. And see to it that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes, hello California, all these are the beginning of 2020. I mean, no, it says all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will d deliver you up to, t to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Look at verse 10. It says, and you can underline this, many will be offended and will betray, underline the word betray, and will betray one another and will hate, underline hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive, underline, deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But, aren't you grateful for the, the many buts in the Bible? But, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Amen. So, here's Jesus. He's exposing the strategy of the enemy, Satan, the devil, in the end times. And he's saying, he's saying this. He's saying offenses must come. Offenses are inevitable. Have you ever asked yourself why, why are offenses inevitable? I think I have an answer. Because humans are offensive. How many, how many have known, if you're breathing air this morning, chances are you're going to get offended. And, and, and chances are you're going to offend somebody. Can somebody say amen? So today what I want to do is I'm going to serve up some homemade to you. Because many in the last days will be offended and if you notice, there's a progression that Jesus begins to kind of underline in our text. He says, he says if you don't deal with offense right, the progression that I had, you, I had you underline is offense leads to betrayal. Betrayal turns into hatred. And then if you don't deal with that, you'll be deceived. That's what happens with offense. When you're offended, you'll, you'll end up betraying, you'll end up falling into hatred, and then you'll end up being deceived. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to work through an are you offended checklist, all right? We're going to check off seven items, and we're going to determine whether or not we're offended because so many people are walking around carrying around an offense on their back, and they're wondering why they're anxious, and they're wondering why they're vulnerable to deception and they're wondering why the enemy is just kind of trampling all over them we're smarter than that Jesus said it would happen and so we just got to prepare for it and deal with it somebody say amen so here's the checklist and I'm gonna go through them one at a time and we'll, 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 we'll talk about each item and then we'll then we'll then we'll we'll serve up some homemade to help you deal with it all right number one number one checklist to determine whether or not you're offended is this everything somebody say everything everything about your offender triggers you all right the person that you're offended by could walk in the building with the cure to the coronavirus and you'd find something wrong with them come on because everything about that person it doesn't even matter just their name their name could be mentioned and it triggers something inside of you if it's brought up in a conversation and, and, and if their name is brought up, you can't wait for an opportunity to slide in two cents to expose them. Just so everybody could know who they really are. It, you know if they trigger you if you're scrolling through Instagram. And it could be this really lovely picture, all right? And, and you're double tapping all the way through, you know what I mean? You're double tapping every, you're loving every picture. But all of a sudden you come to this picture, it could be the greatest picture you've seen all day, but their face is on it. 
and you're getting ready, you can't, you can't like that picture, you can't double tap on that picture because they're in it, all right? And everything about them triggers you, all right? It triggers you. Now, there's a story in the Bible of, uh, that, that, of, of a person like this, and it was, a, it was a lady by the name of Michael, and I know that's a little bit weird, so don't let that knock you off track, but there's this woman named Michael, and uh, she was guilty of this. Uh, we know that she was married to David, and, and I'm sure in their relationship, uh, so many offenses happened. There was opportunity to be offended. Now, now we, can, we don't know all of the details of their relationship, but we do know this, that the reason she was married to Michael is because she was a trophy because David killed Goliath. And Saul says, if you kill Goliath, I'll give you my daughter. And so she probably didn't like David. She probably didn't think he was that great looking. And she ended up having to be married to this guy. And so their relationship didn't start off on, on the right foot. But, but this this... We know inside of Michael, she didn't deal with offense. She didn't deal with it right. And because of that, she finds herself triggered by David. The Bible kind of describes that the entire city, everybody is celebrating. The whole city is in an uproar because David is, is dancing and leaping and singing because he's returning the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant. He's bringing it back to its rightful place in David's, David's city, in the city of David. He's, he's, he's ushering it in. And the Bible is describing the scene that the entire city is celebrating and singing and dancing. I mean, David's going for it. He's ripping off his clothes. I mean, he's, he's having the time of his life. And, and the Bible says that Michael is just kind of up there in the window. A day that everyone, all of Israel is celebrating. Michael can't celebrate. She's up in her window. Everybody's partying, and she's just kind of watching. She can't celebrate the moment. She can't like the moment because the person that's responsible for the moment is the person that she's offended by. And it describes it in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 16. It says, it says as the Ark of the Covenant was entering the city of David, Michael watched from a window... And then she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And look what happens. She despised him in her heart. And, and I, she's offended. She can't enjoy, she can't like, she can't, uh, she can't participate because she's offended. And what's so sad is because of her deep offense, the Bible says that, that, that she's barren. The Lord struck her barren. And, and why is that? Well, I think the reason is because... God doesn't want the, the seed coming from the throne of David to come from a woman with an offended, offended heart. Offense is a big deal to God. Amen. Are you with me this morning? It's a big deal to God, and so we've got to deal with it. The Bible says that many, we just read it, many will be offended. There's a quote that my dad shared with me earlier in the month, and it says this. It says, an unhealed person can find offense in pretty much anything someone does. But a healed person understands that the actions of the other has absolutely nothing to do with that. Each day, you get to decide which one you will be. I, I think that's an, a, a tremendous quote. I think we can check ourselves. It's a checklist. Of, Am I offended? Does, does, does someone, just the sight of them, just the mention of their name, does it trigger me? Because if you're offended, everything about that person will trigger you. So grade yourself. Number two, number two. Another way that you know that you are walking around carrying offense is you have now become offenses, offensive, all right? When the spirit of offense gets on you, you'll begin to do the exact thing that you hate so much. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? I, 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 don't, know about, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have this puzzling ability to be somewhat controversial, all right? And, and honestly, I don't intend to be controversial. I don't, I don't try to be. I try to be nice. I try to explain myself. I try to be totally clear. I run th things through the, the mind of Pastor Carl so that he can guide uh, the way I, I say certain things. And I don't really want to hurt anyone's feelings, but evidently, I do it all the time. I got hurt people's feelings all the time, and I hurt people without even knowing it. I'm sure, I'm sure there's people sitting in here today that are offended by me at this very moment. And I, if I've offended you, I just want to tell you I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. All right, so anyways, recently, not so recently, but very within the last not-so-distant uh, uh, reality, I made a post on social media. And I don't want you to try to figure out which one because I've done a lot of them, all right? But, but I, I, I did this post on social media, and the and, um, and only reason I was doing it is I was trying to lead our church 
through some pretty intense times. And so there's a lot of controversial things happening in our, in our world. And so I was trying to kind of bring, bring a message to our congregation. It was really for you. And, and uh, so, so in doing so, this one particular post I had got a lot of, um, it got a lot of play. Like there was people commenting and just a lot of stuff was going on. And so evidently some guy that I don't even know all the way in Washington, Washington D.C., he comes across this video post that I made. And um, right there on my page, he publicly just goes at me. He trolls my post, right? He doesn't know who I am, and he just starts, he just starts filleting me. He's slicing and dicing me. He's, he's saying some pretty offensive things. And, and I mean, here's the thing. He could have he kept scrolling. Like, the post wasn't meant for him. Like, I don't know who he is. He could have totally kept scrolling, but, but he didn't. He could have private messaged me. But he couldn't do that either. He had to go public. All right. Now, normally, stuff like that doesn't bother me. But this time, it was so long and so harsh that it kind of got under my skin and was, it was honestly bugging me all day. And so there it was. It's, it, this post happened about, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. I got his message probably about 4 in the afternoon. And I, it's 2 a.m. and I'm still steaming over it. Has anybody ever had that happen to you? I'm steaming over this post. And, and so I'm sitting there. My wife is sound asleep. It's totally not bothering her. And so I, 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 she's not, she didn't even want to hear me talk about it anymore. And so, so I'm sitting there. It's 2 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm wondering, what does this guy look like? You know, is he, is he a Christian? You know what I mean? I'm thinking of all these things. And, and so there it is, 2 a.m. I grab my phone, and I just start thumbing this message to this guy. I'm laying there just in my bed, just thumbing, and it's a good one. I'm throwing a beat down on this guy. Like, I, I, I'm just, I'm just going, I just wanted to feel like, I want to know what it feels like to troll a troll. And so I'm just, I'm thumbing this message to this guy, and, and, and my wife is sound asleep. It was an angry message, all right? It was, it was, it was venomous, all right, but factual. So everything I said was true. The way I said it was pretty brazen and, and pretty rude, but, but there I, it was a half an hour later. 30 minutes of non-stop. I mean, I've, I've, I've finished this articulate. I'm sitting in my bed reading it back, and it's amazing. I'm telling you right now, amazing. It's articulate, and it's just slaying this man that I don't even know from D.C. I'm feeling so vindicated. Has anybody ever done this before? I'm feeling so vindicated, so good about myself. After reading it back, I'm totally impressed on the beatdown that I've just laid on this guy. And then I realized... I'm trolling a troll, and so that makes me, I'm trolling a troll, so that makes me a troll. Proverbs 24 says, don't answer the foolish arguments of fools, or you will become as foolish as they are. Oh, I was like, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I had just become the thing that I hated. I had just become, I had now become offensive. I had allowed the offense to now cause me to be offensive. Now, maybe you don't do it quite like that. Maybe you don't have the beatdown skills that I have. Maybe you're, 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 your approach is maybe more passive-aggressive. And so instead of saying it, you just breathe heavy. You're just breathing heavy, like ex exhaling super loud. <sighs> maybe you just slam every door. And what you're doing is you're letting everyone know, I'm offended. What you've done has offended me. And maybe, just, maybe, it's, maybe for you it's just giving people a death stare. All right? You're still communicating. All right? You're still communicating. They ask you, what's wrong? Nothing. Why won't you, why won't you just tell me what's going on? I'm not saying anything to you. All right? That, what are you doing? Actually, you've just said everything. All right? You, you are offended. And so now you, you have turned that and now you're becoming offensive. Romans 12, 21 says... Do not be overcome by evil. Now, that's hard sometimes. Evil's hard to, to, to not be overcome by, all right? Because evil can be overwhelming sometimes. Can I hear somebody say amen to that? You hurt me, I want to hurt you back. But the Bible says, do not be overcome by evil. Look what it says. But overcome evil with good. So you hurt me, 
But I'm not going to do to you what you did to me. Matter of fact, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm, I'm going to do what you should have done to me. I'm going to repay your evil with kindness. Amen. That's your homemade for the day, today. Don't allow your offense to cause you to be offensive. Instead, instead, repay evil with good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number three in your checklist. Make, 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 make your mark right here. Number three is all the offended people come to you. How do you know whether or not you're offended? You'll know it by who's hanging around you. If all the offended people come to you, if you're a magnet for offended people, guess what? That's a pretty clear indication that you are offended. You know why? Because we attract who we are. Birds of a feather, what do they do? They flock together, all right? We attract who we are. When you're offended, what you do, without even knowing it, you look for an opportunity to have that offense affirmed. You want people to agree with your, your thoughts. And so you naturally just get around with offended people. And I'm here today to declare to you, that's a trap. Don't do it. Step away from that. That is dangerous. Sometimes, you know what we have to do? We have to cut off people that tell us all the things we shouldn't hear. Come on, you gotta cut, you gotta make some, some cuts to people that are telling you nothing that you need to hear. There, there's something that's more contagious than COVID-19 right now, and what it is is the spirit of offense. And people pass it from, from person to person. The Bible's pretty clear about those who sow seeds of, the, of division. Look at Titus 3, verse 10. Look what it says. Warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. That's, pr that's pretty hardcore. Wouldn't you agree that's pretty hardcore? Yeah, warn them once, then a second time. After that, sever the relationship. Why? Because the enemy's committed to sowing division and sowing discord. You know why? Because he knows the Bible better than most of us. And he knows that Psalm 133, one of our value scriptures here at our church, it says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. When God's people live together, together, that's our value, together, together. And the devil knows that there's goodness and there's a pleasant environment when people are, are in unity. And so what he wants to do is he wants to sow discord because he doesn't want a pleasant environment and he doesn't want good things to follow you. And so he's going to try and stir the pot and get people around to stir division. Let's be smarter than the devil. Can we do that? What, what do we do? What, what should we do when we're offended? Look at what well, Jesus tells us in Matthew 18. He says, he says if, a, if another believer sins against you or offends you, go privately. Somebody say privately. He says, says, go privately. In other words, don't get the girls together. Don't gather everybody around. Don't get the girls together and just sit around and talk. Can you believe she said this and he did that. It says, look, Jesus says, go privately and point out the offense. And if the other person listens and confesses it, you've won that person back. Come on, that's some great advice right there. In other words, we're not going to get together with other people. We're not going to be a people magnet for division. That's not what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to reconcile relationships. That's what we're interested in. We're interested in bringing unity. You know why somebody would want to hold on to an offense? Because they like it. You know, some people just like drama. You ever notice that? People like to hold on to offense. Why? Because it gives them something to, to feel superior about. It gives them something to hold over someone's head. It, 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 it makes them feel a certain way. It's time to be a Christian. It's time to forgive and release it to the Lord. Listen, you will be offended, but don't carry that. Don't hold on to that. Let it go. Somebody say amen. All right. That's number three. Number four. Number four, one of the ways that you can tell whether or not you're offended is you're lonely. You are lonely. And, and chances are that you're lonely because you've been offended. You've been hurt. And so what happens is, as a result of being hurt, we end up cutting people off. It happens all the time. I know this is true. Because I've experienced this, my wife and I have experienced this personally, where, you know, we've been pastoring for 25 years, and, and, and during the course of that, over the course of time like that, you get offended by people. People that you love and reach out to and try to help hurt you. That's just, that's just the way it happens. And, 
And so as a result of that, without even really recognizing it, my wife and I were just kind of holding, holding people at bay and, 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 and basically putting barbed wire around the, the perimeter of our, of, our, of our heart and not allowing people in. And, and without even recognizing it, there was a keep out sign on our hearts. And so we found ourselves lonely. And I remember discussing this with Carrie like, man, we have no friends. Like everybody's hanging out, everybody's having a great time, and there we are, we're all alone. And, and, I, and we had to kind of come to grips with the fact is that we had been harboring offense and we hadn't released it to God. And so as a result of that, we're lonely. We're, we're isolated. Not, not because that's what we want, but that's what everybody felt around us. It was keep out signs and around our hearts. And so maybe you're here today and you feel that way. You feel lonely and, and maybe don't know why. Maybe it's because you're carrying an offense. And maybe because you're carrying that offense, you've, you've basically you've, you've put your guards up and you've, you've put the signs out that say keep out or enter at your own risk. When someone does try to get close, you incinerate them. That's what happens. So what's the solution? I'll tell you what I think the solution is. Are you ready for it? Graciousness. Lighten up. Lighten up. You don't have to react every time someone, every time a fence comes your way. You don't have to react to it, all right? The, the, reason, the reason I think we react is because we want people to feel the way we feel. Come on, when we get hurt, we want people to hurt alongside us, all right? We want people to experience what we've experienced. Can it be enough? Let me ask you this. Can it be enough that God sees it? Can it be enough that God sees it? He, he's the one that walks you through it. You don't have to tell everyone around you and, 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 and harbor that offense and, and, and keep everyone out. God, God is right there. And sometimes when we're, when we're lonely, what we've done is we've basically we've pushed people away because we're hurt. And so we won't allow anybody in. Listen, let God walk you through that. Don't drag everybody else into, into, into your pain. Proverbs 19.11 says, good sense makes one slow to anger. Come on. Some of us, we've become eager to pick up a fence and find a reason to, to be upset actually mining for a fence. We, 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 we feel, the reason is because we want to feel a little bit self-righteous and, 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 and a little bit prideful and I have something over you. Listen, we've got to be gracious and let it go. That's wicked. We got to learn to let that go. Amen. Amen. Good sense makes one slow to anger. I'm not picking up a fence. I'm going to let people in. I'm not looking for, I'm not going to allow this to ruin my day. I'm not going to allow this to ruin a relationship. I'm going to be gracious and let it go. Number five, number five, are you ready? This is your number five in the checklist, whether or not you're offended. Your offenses are now being echoed by your kids. Come on, your offenses are now, how do you know whether or not you're offended? Well, listen to the way your kids talk. Are they offended? I've seen it time and time again where people will sit around and they'll talk about their boss, leaders, their pastors. You'll, you'll hear them talk about those people that are in authority and just flay them. And let me tell you something, when you do that, when you talk about all the things that people have done and how they've wronged you and you do that in front of your children, what you're doing is you're passing along a generational offense. And I'm here today to tell you, stop. Stop. I've seen parents dissect people in the church in front of their children. I've, I've, watched, I've watched people or heard people dissect their pastor, fillet their pastor. They said this. Can you believe, what, you know, I wouldn't have done it like that. Just full-on critical of everyone in the church, and then you fast forward 20 years, and those kids aren't in church anymore. They, they don't trust any leader. They don't believe in God. Why? Well, because they sat there week after week listening to their parents carve up their pastor like a Thanksgiving turkey. Come on, it happens. And so I'm here to challenge you. Don't push your kids into a fence. Don't allow them to, don't introduce them to that sort of spirit. Instead, Teach them to deal with offense. Teach them how to live with being offended because every one of us are going to get offended. I'm so grateful that my parents wouldn't allow me to stay offended. Far too many parents are doing that. And you need to stop. You're all up in your kids' business. Listen, let your kids live. Don't try and rescue your kids from, from, from when God's trying to teach them a lesson. I remember coming home after my, my teacher did something I didn't agree with, fifth grade, 
I remember coming home, and I tried to get my parents to feel sorry, sorry for me. Well, the teacher said this, and the teacher did this. Can you believe it? It's not fair, and, and, and you know, they pick on me, and blah, blah, blah. I would, I would try, and what I wanted to happen is for my dad to say, that's it. I'm going to march down to that school, and I'm going to let them know. That's what I wanted to happen, but it never happened, not even one time. And instead, my parents taught me that, you know what, life isn't fair. Yeah, you're not, every, you're not going to be treated, you're not going to be treated perfectly all the time. And, and yeah, you're going to have to suffer through some of that. And I, one of the things I hated, what my dad would say, he'd go, he'd go, you know what, Adam? You just need to win them. Win them? Yeah, win your teacher. What do you mean, win them? Win them. Dad, they're mean. They're hateful. They, they give us way too much homework. Is it, they're not fair. Yeah, you need to win them, Adam. Just, just win them. And I, I, remember, I remember just being so, like, frustrated. He said, you tell me, Adam, you're going to be okay. You're bigger than this. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. And, and all of those things taught me that, hey, you know what? In life, things aren't always going to be fair. And you're not always going to be treated like everyone else. And, and that's okay. I'm bigger than that. I can overcome that. And that's, that's honestly why I am the way I am today is because my parents taught me how to deal with offense. Don't echo the offenses of your kids. Don't agree with them. Don't, don't teach them how to hold a grudge or get vindication. Teach them how to deal with offense. Teach them how to release it to the Lord. Can you do that? Matthew 18, 6 says this. It says, but if one, if, if, if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned into the depths of the sea. I mean, that's a bit harsh. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? I mean, that's a little bit harsh. But, but why is it like that? Because God knows how unforgiving a spirit of offense could be. And he said, I'm not, allowing, I'm not allowing you to pass that sin to another generation. It's going to be hard on you. It can poison a human soul. I'm not going to allow it to happen. Hebrews 12, 15 says this, See to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. How many of you know that a small root can become a giant forest if we don't deal with it? And so as parents, we're not going to fertilize a root of bitterness. We're not going to agree or water a, a, a root of bitterness, but rather we're going we're to pull it out. We're going to remove that from the lives of our kids. We're not going to rehearse that stuff at the dinner table. Can I hear somebody say amen? It matters. All right, number six. Number six, you're not praying. How do you know whether or not you're offended? You're not praying. The telltale sign that you've been offended, you're not praying. Because if you carry a spirit of offense, you're basically telling the world, I don't pray. That's what you're doing. If you're carrying a spirit of offense, you're basically telling everybody, I don't pray. I don't talk to the Lord. Why? Because, because how can you talk to God and not be talking to one of your brothers or sisters? Right? It doesn't work. I mean, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You, you, can't, you can't come to God with a list of all the things that you want him to do without God having a list of all the things he wants you to do. Right? How do I know this? It's in the Bible. It's all, it's all, all the time. Because when you, when you communicate with God, who's forgiven you, he's going to require you to forgive someone else. It's just the way it works. Matthew 5 says this. It says, Jesus says, if you're presenting a sacrifice or if you're worshiping at the altar, and then suddenly you remember... Now, how does that happen? Well, it happens like, just like it does here on a Sunday morning where you come, the band kicks it on, you start worshiping the Lord, and then you look across the room, and the person that triggers you, you know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, my God, they're here. Okay, when that happens, what Jesus is, he, he's ta- this has been going on a long time. He says, all of a sudden, suddenly, you remember that someone has something against you or you have a fence in your heart. He says, I want you to stop worshiping, leave your sacrifice, and go and be reconciled to that person. Then, then come and offer your, then come back and worship me. And so it's pretty important. Jesus is like, don't try to worship me when you're holding an offense. You take care of that first, and then we'll, then we'll see how, how it all shakes out. Then, we'll, then, we'll, then you can come talk to me. And, and, and so here's the thing. When you get alone with God in prayer, it's okay to be offended. That's all right. It's okay to say, God, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, ticked off, I'm, I'm, I'm offended. Listen, it's understandable because Jesus said in the end times, 
many will be offended. So, we, so God knows it's going to happen. It's okay to, to walk into an encounter with God and be offended. You can walk into an encounter with God and be totally mad. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm so upset. My husband, so rude. My kids are so ungrateful. Pastor Adam just ignored me. My, so, so you can come to God and you, and you, can, you can pray and, and, and you can have all of that stuff in your heart. And if you pray the way Jesus prayed, you can start offended. You can start upset. Our Father, who art in heaven, how be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give it to them, Lord. They deserve it. Hellfire and brimstone. On earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread, but not them. Let them suffer. Give, give us this day our daily bread and, and forgive our sins. As we forgive those. As we forgive those who have sinned against us. Do you see how it works? You, you, can't, you can't pray you have to, without releasing it to God. It, it's impossible. And here's the thing. Why does God lead us into prayer like that? Because just like that, it's over. You can walk in offended, but as you begin to pray, you recognize, man, God's forgiven me. I can't hold this any longer. i got to let it go. And, and as you're praying that through, all of a sudden you feel lighter. You feel so much better. I don't hate you anymore. I mean, all that stuff starts to happen. I'm not offended anymore. That, that just begins to happen. You, you may have meant to harm me, but God has turned it around for my good. I'm not offended. I'm not going to carry that spirit of offense. Listen, you can be offended, but you don't have to stay that way. Did you hear that today? Listen, during COVID, we gotta learn just to be gracious to everyone. Let me say it like this. COVID's kind of like Vegas. What happens in COVID stays in COVID. Because this, let's be honest, during this season, people are weird. You know what I mean? Like people are strange. People are acting really, really strange. Why? Because they're, they're not themselves. They've been locked in their houses. They're overwhelmed, frustrated, anxious. Some people have suffered loss. Some people have lost jobs or lost loved ones. And, 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 and here's the truth. Because of all of this, people aren't being the best versions of themselves. Have you noticed that? Has anyone noticed that? Sometimes they'll do what the worst part of their soul tells them to do. And we've seen it all the time. Listen, what we, the challenge is, is can we be gracious even in these types of circumstances? Can we take it to the Lord rather than acting out can we take it to the Lord and take it to prayer? When we pray, we can't stay offended. It will not happen. Amen. So the last one. Are you guys ready? The last one, the checklist is find out whether or not you're offended. Number seven, you forgot what was forgiven. You forgot what was forgiven. Most of us, when we're offended, we're actually, we're just, we're, we're like Nancy Pelosi in a, in a hair salon. We're, we're a hypocrite. You know what I mean? We're just, we're just, we're judging others for the things we've done ourselves. Is that okay? Come on. We're judging others for the things we've done ourselves. That's what we're doing. We forgot what was forgiven. We're holding something against someone when we have actually done the same thing. We're a hypocrite. When we offend, it, when we offend people, you know what we want? This is what we want. You ready? When we offend someone, we want mercy. Like, when we offend someone, what we want is we want to say, you know, forgive me. Look, I was, I was having a bad day, like COVID. I just want to feel like... I just want to know what it was like to troll a troll. Like, it's just, it's just one of those nights. You know, I, I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. What do we want? We want mercy. Right? When we offend someone, we want mercy. But listen to this. When, we, when we're offended, you know what we want? Justice. When someone's offended us, what we want is justice. You give me mercy, I want justice. I want justice. Literally the opposite of what the Bible asks us to do. In Matthew, Jesus is telling a parable about this guy who had this massive debt. Like he owed this t a ton of money, all right? And this is a, this is a representation of us to God. The same, it's, it, it, he's basically trying to show this parallel. But here's this guy. He's got this debt he can't pay. And so the, the Bible, Jesus tells this story. And so he tells the story of this guy. He can't pay the debt. So he goes to the boss and he begs for mercy. He says, look, forgive me this debt. 
There's no way I'll ever be able to pay you back. I, I, I can't do it. Can you forgive me this debt? And so the boss, in his great mercy, lets him off the hook. Scot-free. He's able, to, he's able to, to go on with the rest of his life. He forgives him of his debt. But then the story goes, he turns right around. He finds the guy that owes him just a little bit of money. And he demands immediate payment. He says, you're going to pay me what you owe me, and you're going to pay me right now. And the guy was unable to do so, so he has him thrown into prison. I mean, I mean, think about it. The very same day, you know, off to prison you go until you repay me what you owe me. And, and here's the thing. It's just like us. We owe God our lives. We don't deserve mercy, but God's given, to, given it to us, yet we hold small offenses against people all the time. We, we do it all the time. We won't let it go. And God's like, what the heck? Like, I've, I've let you off the hook. I gave you mercy freely i gave you mercy freely i fade you, I, I forgive you and here it is the minute i turn my back you're asking for justice you're demanding justice and it's not right look at matthew 5 7 says blessed are the merciful for they who's going to receive mercy for they shall receive mercy the merciful are the ones that receive merciful mercy so let me ask you a question are you merciful or are you merciless are you merciful or are you merciless? See, the cry that should be coming out of America right now is not justice. You see, that's what everybody's wanting right now. Everybody wants justice because they're offended. Because they're offended, they want justice. You owe me. Pay me what you owe me. You've got a debt. You need to pay me. I want justice. And what I'm suggesting is we change the verbiage. And we can do it right in our homes. We change the verbiage from justice to mercy. We, we say mercy. Can we change that? Can we change the way that we speak? Can we shift from vengeance and hatred and unforgiveness? Can we turn the dial to love and to mercy? I'm going to forgive those that have sinned against me. That's mercy. Come on, say the word mercy. I thank God that I didn't receive what my sins deserve. I thank the Lord that he, he gave me mercy. Have you forgotten what you've been forgiven of? You see, the truth is, is that if anybody could be offended, or if anybody would have been offended, it would be Jesus. Come on, let's be honest. If anybody could be offended, it'd be Jesus. But in 1 Peter, Peter's describing the Lord, and he says, he, says he didn't retaliate when he was insulted. He didn't threaten revenge when he suffered. But he left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He says he, says, he says he left his case in the hands of God. So I want to challenge you today not to leave your case in your own hands or the hands of man, but to turn your case over to God. I'm not suggesting that you weren't, you weren't hurt. I'm not suggesting that you don't have a right to be offended, because we all do. We've all gone through seasons where we've been offended. When we look at the scripture, he says, he says Jesus left his case in the hands of God. So we have a choice then, right? We can either give our case to God or we can keep it in our own hands. Here's the truth. Most of us don't want to turn our case over to God. We're, we're actually afraid to hand it over to God. You know why? We're afraid of what he'll do with it. You know, they wronged me. You know, they, 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 they deserve to pay for that. And so we, we, we decide to hold on to it because we're afraid if we hand it to God, he's going to give them mercy. That, that he's going to, if we give it to God, they're going to get off easy. And we want them to suffer. And so that's why we hold on to it. But I want to tell you something. When you give your case to God, it's not forgotten. What happened to you is not forgotten. Because justice and righteousness, the Bible says, justice and righteousness are actually the foundation of God's throne. And so when you hand your case over to God, instead of trying to execute justice in your own way, you always see justice. Because justice is the foundation of the throne of God. God always brings justice. 
And so I'm here today to tell you that what happened to you is not okay. Some of you have a right to be hurt, justifiably so. You have a right to be offended. It's not okay what was said or how you were treated. Listen, that, that's not in question. So we're, not, we're not trying to, to, to determine that, the validity of, or of, of what happened to you. We're not trying to determine that. But what I am saying is that when you try to hold on to that, you're, you're not able to experience what God has for you in terms of relationship. Because God wants so much more for you than to carry around a spirit of offense. He has so much more for you. You're not designed to carry around bitterness and a hurt. You're, you're not designed to, to load on your back a spirit of offense. That's why the scripture says, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. He says, come on, unload that on, on, on God. He, he carried that. He was designed to carry that for you. He says, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. And so we work through a checklist today. And the reason the checklist is there is so that you can begin to maybe examine your own heart a little bit and say, hey, look, is there an area, is there a place in my heart where I've allowed offense to settle in? I've gotten so used to it, I don't even recognize it anymore. Maybe, maybe one of these, these, these seven areas, you're able to say, you know, that's right. I, I had to check that area of my life where you know, maybe, some, maybe, maybe every time you see that person or everything about that person, it, it triggers you. And you say, you know what, that's true. Or, or maybe you've become offensive. You're just kind of, you're just kind of sending this air of, uh, I'm, I'm upset. Things aren't right. You're setting that off around you. Or, or maybe you find yourself surrounded by other offended people talking about their offenses. And you say, you know what, that's true. That's true. Maybe it's time to sever some relationships or at least, or at least, least confront the, the, the issue or, or maybe you find yourself you're lonely and, and, and you recognize that the reason you're lonely is because you've boarded walls or you put walls of protection trying to protect yourself from hurt or, or maybe you're hearing, you're hearing the drama and, the, and, the, and you're hearing the, 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 the offensive speech coming out of your kids you don't know where it's coming from or maybe you find yourself not able to pray or maybe you've forgotten what you've been forgiven of and you're demanding justice when God freely gave you mercy. All of these areas, I think, I think from time to time, we all, we all slip. We get offended and we slip in these areas. I, I, the challenge today is this, you ready? In this last week of homemade, the challenge is this, is that we have to do the hard work of forgiveness. Did you hear that? We have to do the hard work. It's not easy to forgive, but sometimes we have to do the hard work of forgiveness and be learn to be gracious people and to be the light. Sometimes being the light requires that we let things go. We don't cry for justice, we cry for mercy. We exude mercy. Luke 6 says this, Jesus says this, he says, those of you that are listening, I say this, love your enemies. Come on, love your enemies, Jesus says. He says, do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I mean, you're looking through that list and you realize, man, that's hard to do when someone has offended you. It's, it's hard to, to love them or do, do good to them or bless them or even pray for them. But that's hard work and that's what we, we, we're choosing to do that. That's, that's homemade for us. We're choosing to do that. So maybe we could do that right here in this place this morning, can we? All over this room. I know that inside of this place, there's so many offenses. You've been hurt. Some of you have been hurt from years and years back, and you've been carrying it all of this time. I'm here, to, I'm here to, to, to acknowledge that what happened to you isn't right. It wasn't fair. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have been that way. But don't allow it to ruin the rest of your life. You've got to learn to do the hard work of forgiveness. Lord, I'm going to bless those who curse me. I'm going to love my enemy. I'm going to pray for those who've persecuted me. Lord, I'm going to do the hard work of forgiveness. I'm not going to carry offense. I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm not going to demand justice. I'm going to seek mercy. Lord, I'm going to be a merciful person, not a merciless person. In Jesus' name, 
right now in this, in this place, maybe we could all just stand to our feet. I'm sure all of us had a, one, uh, in one of those areas we could check mark that, but maybe we could stand to our feet. And even now, maybe we could start the hard work of forgiveness. And I know that just one prayer isn't going to wipe this all away and move away the offense, but we need to start somewhere. Maybe we start right now. Maybe we start right now. So I'm going to pray with you today. I'm going to pray for you today. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we, we recognize, Lord, what you, you're warning to us that in the last days, many would be offended. And we recognize that, that offense is a major part of society today. And, and even now in society, we're seeing that offense just so running so rampant, sweeping across the globe, Lord, like a virus. Offense. Lord, many of us have allowed offense without even recognizing it to settle in our heart. Things, some, things that have been done to us, things that have been said about us, Lord, weren't right, weren't fair, weren't appropriate. But Lord, we're making the decision today that we're not going to carry it any longer, that we're going to release it to you. We're going to deal with our offense. You said to cast our cares on you because you care for us. Lord, help us to do that this morning. Lord, help us to cast those things that have, done, that have, been, that have happened to us, things that have been said about us, Lord, help us to cast those on you, to release it to you, not to demand justice or seek revenge, but in Jesus' name, Lord, that we would, we would, we would, we would provide mercy in those areas. Help us to be merciful people. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, we do the hard work of forgiveness. We start the hard work of forgiveness even now in every relationship. Lord, from family to friends to work relationships and work family. Lord, we, we, we make a decision today. We're not going to harbor offense. We're not going to carry offense. But daily, we're going to do the hard work of forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Maybe here today, we don't ever leave on a Sunday without giving an opportunity for someone to know Jesus. I shared a story earlier in this message about a man who had a great debt. He owed so much, there was no chance he could pay it. He was going to spend the rest of his life trying to pay a debt that he had no, no chance of ever re re repaying. And he went to his boss and said, hey, would you have mercy on, on me? And the boss let him off, forgave him of his debt. It's a picture of what Jesus has done for us because all of us are sinners. We've all made mistakes. We've done plenty wrong. We deserve judgment. But thank God for Jesus who took our judgment upon himself. He paid our debt and he's forgiven us. He did that for you. He's letting you off scot-free. He's letting you off. He's he, he took it upon himself by, by going to the cross and shedding his blood so that you could experience forgiveness and salvation. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm, I'm a sinner. I've done a lot of things wrong. Listen, you were, you were born with that nature. No one had to teach you how to lie, steal. No one had to teach you how to do any of those things. It came very natural because you were born with a sin nature. But Jesus came to break that curse and to set you free. Maybe you're here today, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be forgiven of my sin and experience a relationship with Jesus that literally is life-changing and eternal. If that's you, just raise your hand all over this place. I'll see it and we can pray together. Anyone at all, anyone at all, anyone at all. You lift your hand all over this place, amen. So Lord, we thank you for this time together, celebration, Lord, of all that you've done and all that you are. I pray today, Lord, for family relationships. Lord, all of our families, Lord, we want to we have strong marriage and blessed families, Lord, as a part of our church. I pray, Lord God, that we would work toward that. Lord, all of these messages that we've spoken, Lord, about family, I pray that we'd put them into practice. We'd put them into use, Lord, and we'd, we'd have all, in relationships, we'd have everything that you designed for us to have. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being with us this morning. I, I, I hope that you had a great time in the house of God. And I pray you have a blessed week. Don't forget we'll be back in together on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We love you guys so much. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Amen.